Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goal setting, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Two. Jamie, it's happened. It's our one year anniversary. We did it. Podcast number 52. Yes, we did it. It's been a year. Uh, mm -hmm. We haven't found ourselves um, upsetting everyone yet, which is huge. Honestly, NASA, some are saying so. Some are saying, um, I'm, I'm sure we've upset a lot of people. I just, I'm, people. I, yeah. I have been blocked by like, a surprising number of goalie coaches. Um, only one of them have I ever gone after. The other ones were just kind of like, uh, I, I like I took straight bullets. Straight bullets, yeah. Where it's like, hey, when someone tells you these are the secrets to NHL goalies, uh, sure. and I say, hey, there actually are no secrets. It kind of ruins your whole like uh, marketing strategy that you kind of put in. Yeah, I'd say that one person sent me something one time. They're like, hey, is this true? Uh, and it was like someone being like, minus your age, you're five years from like the age you think you're going to be able to pro. And if you're not doing a certain point at like 16 or 17, you're never going to make it. And I was like, oh, uh, I don't know about that one. That's Hunter Hellebuck got drafted in his post one draft year out of the null. Well, so did I. And he was drafted before me in the same drafts. Yeah, which is actually a hilarious thing that I don't think was he, he was fifth round, right? So the the Jets took a goalie in the fifth and the seventh round, which is fourth. Was he fourth or fifth? He made it fourth. Uh, I should I should know this. I should know this, and I don't. Yeah, I think it was, um, still crazy move. Two goalies, crazy move. Uh, yeah. So, bet like like most podcasts, Ben and I 
did not prepare a single thing. Actually, no, we did. We usually do. I did. We text and say, what do you want to talk about? Um, and then Ben gives an idea. And then usually I say, let's go with it because I haven't thought very hard about what we're going to talk about. Uh, or, but, or if I have an idea, I usually text Ben on like a Monday and we record on a Sunday. And then I forget over the course of the week, what we're going to talk about. It's true. But Jamie, this time I text you and this time you remember, and we want to do on our, our one year, 52nd episode here, we're going to do things over the last year that have not changed in goalie world. Like we wish they would have things that I would have liked to have seen in the past year, uh, change. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start because I screen recorded a clip that I gave up the goal. Let me find it. It's on my phone. I screen recorded a clip and then I need to break it down. And you know what? Maybe this will be a, an Instagram breakdown, which I don't do a ton of anymore. Um, because I just, all those, those are reserved for patrons on my Patreon, by the way. So if you're not subscribed, uh, it was Connor Bedard. Oh, <laughs> so Connor Bedard had a hat trick in the young stars, his rookie are they in Tri? Does Chicago go up to Traverse City? I don't know where it is. The rinks give me, you know, fourplex vibes though. Like watching the clips from the games, it looks like they're in a TV So, um, as a pseudo Michigander, uh, Traverse City is just unbelievable. So, is it? Oh, it's. You know what it reminds me of? It's very much like a Penticton. Like the Okanagan area, just unbelievably beautiful. Less mountains, obviously, but like wineries, like vineyards, good weather, uh, kind of in like a bay sort of area. So yeah, it reminds me a lot of Penticton. But anyways, um, Connor Bedard scored a goal and I have it on my phone. And again, I can't show it because then we get demonetized. And if I want to get bent on the payroll, we have to make money somehow. Uh, he is scoring a goal from just outside the dot lane. Um, maybe about four or five feet under the dot, three or four feet above the bottom of the circle. So kind of like in that middle between the bottom of the circle and the dot. And the goalie is in the RVH and he gets beat far side. It's a good RVH. Let's put that out there. It's an awesome RVH. Yeah. The, the RVH itself is good. The saves that save selection was very bad. Um, uh, bad. Like, and really so that, and you know what? He's a kid. He's a young kid. He's, he's at least 18, 18 to, well, I don't know. I kept going to development camps until I was like 24. <laughs> but anyway, let's laugh with me. Uh, pretty sure I have the NHL record for most development camps. Um, I wish better decisions had been had when it comes to RBH. And it seems that actually worse decisions are being made over the course of us doing this podcast, which either goes to show that no one listens to our podcast or uh, our impact is is very uh, is very minimal. Yeah, and so I actually got in a, a discussion on the website formerly known as Twitter about this goal because there are some people who were, were in defense of the goalie's read being like, you know, oh, they thought he was going to crash lower, but like they thought he was trending towards the goal line, so the goalie wanted to get in the RBH quickly or, oh, he wanted to give himself a chance um, on the shot and the back door. And, you know, that's fine. I appreciate I appreciate people trying to, you know, view things from different ways. But, like, if a puck is at the, the circle, ah, like the faceoff dot, and trending towards the goal line, you can sit, like, in the middle of your crease in, a, in an overlap and be square to the puck and also 
make a small, I call it like a soft release where you kind of just do a little pivot butterfly into the person who's like, in the, in the clip, there's a forward who's like middle crease, like not that. Yes. He's just like in front of the net. Um, and it's like, so I would call that like a soft release. Some people might say it's like a, a midline release because it's not mm -hmm. middle to outside, which is a lateral release. And now we're just getting the stupid goalie terms, which are, but I call it like a soft or midline. Like you could have just pivoted and butterfly and probably made that midline save. So it should have just been an overlap. But I agree with you. I wish the RVH discourse, which we are a part of because we're doing it right now, um, was just simpler and smarter. Well, it's right. actually gotten a lot dumber. Um, I, I agree. Because now we have discussions of putting your glove on the ice when the pipes is, yeah, and like that kind of stuff. And so we're at, in my mind, we're actually regressing. And I think my opinion of a lot of this regression comes from, again, because of social media, everyone is trying to like do something special and get clicks and likes. So if you have something new and exciting, yeah. it is going to get likes and shares and discussion, but it doesn't always mean it's right. Um, but I don't know how anyone would say that he was thinking that he was trending downward. It's not... It's not. It's it's just a, it's no, a, bad, I, it's a mistake by the board. It's all it was. Yeah, it was a it was a bad read. So disappointed that RVH has tended to trend backwards in in development. So I'm curious to see how the NHL does this, how the NHL goes in terms of RVH um, this coming season. Um, I'm sure that they'll be fine because they're the best in the world at it. But junior hockey and minor hockey. Make smart plays. Listen to the Goalie Science Podcast. <laughs> I think one thing that I want to make really clear is that anytime an RVH goal goes in, it's often a mis-execution. Very, very, very rarely do you see an RVH goal where the goalie plays it properly, like timing-wise and positionally-wise, and the puck just goes in. Like, very, very rarely. Yeah, it's either the wrong it's the wrong, wrong save selection or the wrong time. Yeah, and that's like, and I would say that, and like, yeah, or, or poor execution, right? Like, there's a clip I always show um, as part of our hockey can't tell me do video sessions and it's like a goal where Connor McDavid drives the net and like goes from along the goal line to behind the goal line and Tristan Jari reaches out of the net with his blocker and McDavid banks it off his back and oh I've used that clip for teaching points as yeah well. yeah because it's the classic right like don't leave your post in RVH it's a waiting position not an aggressive position and there's times yeah. to be aggressive with your stick but not when the person's coming at the net. That is not the time. To yeah. It. Don't try to block a pass when the player is in the corner and he can pass from literally anywhere on the ice. I agree. Um, but yeah. So just keep in mind, like I think again, RBH is a good save selection. Yeah. A lot of evolutionized goaltending. Uh, every time it is used wrong, that does not mean the RBH is bad. It just means that goalies use it incorrectly. Sometimes because say, but they're humans, they make mistakes. I say this all the time. Sometimes, like, goalies get beat five hole when they do butterflies. Does that mean the butterfly's bad? No, it means you were too late or your knee was off the ice or something went wrong. So it's just another save. It just tends to be, um, it tends to be executed poorly quite often. So that was my, that was my first gear, the grinded gear grind, grinds my gears. Things that wish would have changed. We're just saying things that yeah. wish will change moving forward, you know? Next year, when we do this podcast next year, episode 104, uh, where hopefully, hopefully we're probably, we might probably repeat the same things, but Ben, what has been, the word circle. what has been your biggest pet peeve over the past year? A thing you, thing you hope to change come this next podcast season. 
Jamie, I'm going to hit you with a real hot take. I am officially over the goaltending size discourse. I'm over it. I'm over talking about how tall goalies are and how short they are. Uh, because I think it is a cop-out in every direction. Yes. I think, <laughs> I think, uh, and, and you have some goalies I know that you coach who are not that big and who are excellent goalies and have probably been passed over for some size reasons. Um, I've, we have a couple of goalies, same thing. Excellent goalies, not very big. And it's it's used as um, a crutch where it's like that is a reason why they don't want that goalie. It doesn't take up enough net. And it, that's where, if that is the only discussion point or the only critique of a goalie, uh, that fundamentally means that you haven't evaluated the goalie. Being small is not a problem. It's not advantageous. It's not like you don't, I'm not sitting here being like, boy, I wish all my goalies were five foot eight. Let's make that very clear. But it's also not a good enough thing to say when you're evaluating a goalie that, oh, he's too small to play. No, the critique should be he does not handle high shots well enough. Like he does not track pucks well enough from a distance and gets beat on too many clean shots. Because that's what I think people are trying to say, but they're not. They're just saying they're short. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I have so many like hot takes to your hot take too. Just because, like, it's not, this is, I might have to use this for like the, the classic, like, thumbnail, like, triggering hook. But I think that a lot of, I think a lot of coaches out there, goalie coaches, um, just kind of use the small goalie as a cop out because they don't want to change their coaching style. They, yeah. They're, they're very, they're very married to the way that they like to coach because they've had success with other goalies. And so if you get, if you're, a lot of your goalies are taller and then you get small goalies, but then you're like, no, you have to play at the top of the crease. And all of a sudden you can't do that with a smaller goal because they actually, I told us to a goalie, unfortunately I got to work on my way to word it because the buy-in wasn't there. Um, he had just a smaller goalie. He actually has to play deeper. Then the ties taller is taller counterpart. He actually has to play deeper. But so like, I agree. I want to talk about this. Let's yeah. So like, I, I think that's a, an off, like a cop out to like a lot of things where it's like, if you have, I think it's. I think it's a lot of younger goalie coaches that are starting to like, that are very like just dynamic about their coaching. But it's a lot of the older, the old guard who are like, nah, this is the way it needs to be done. And this is the way it was done before. So that's the way it needs, like we need to keep doing it. Um, but if you're a small goalie, that's the thing I've been telling my small goalies. And I, like, I just be like, you just need to be better. Like you, I wish I, there was other things I could tell you, but you need to be better and smarter, better at everything and smarter at reading the play than your taller yeah. counterparts to make up for that size difference. And that's just the harsh reality of it. Just like, I mean, I can't go play in the NBA. I mean, I'm six foot four, but like, I don't have one. I don't have skill. I'm horrible at basketball, but like, I'm still pretty small in terms of NBA standard. Like if I wanted to go ball, like I'd have to be very, very good at everything. Right. Yeah. I think this is a really interesting point. Uh, going to shout out one of my junior goalies who's five, eight on a good day. Um, and he is extremely well. Like one of the best things that he does, I'm super impressed by him, is how he manages his depth when reading the play. And we've talked about this in a previous episode. So if you're wondering why we're talking about depth management as the immediate response to reading the play, go listen to that episode. It's about depth, something in the 40s um, or late 30s, right? But that's one of the one of the ways goaltenders read plays is adjusting depth dynamically as a play that develops. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, so smaller goalies, because they might have to beat the play on their feet more than sliding into stuff, they might need to get their self set more, uh, might need to actually give up depth. Yeah. 
and play a little deeper so that they can cover less distance, right? And now I would say most smaller goalies, you're going to have to be exceptional skaters. You're not going to be able to get away with being a, an average skater and being really small. It's just sorry. It's the way it is. Um, if you want to play at a high but, level. Yeah, if you want to play at a high level, obviously. But yeah, that's like one of the big things where it's like, yeah, actually just don't panic if you're if you're five foot nine goalies in the middle of this crease. Sometimes that's a really good place to be. And I again, like I, there's no like dislike or liking of the idea of box control. Box control just is what it is, right? Like the relative distance to cost and where you are. And yeah, it's not like good or bad. It's just the thing that exists is box control. Um, but if you just really, if you're someone who looks at that stuff a little bit closer, uh, and I don't think a lot of coaches who aren't in the goalie world do this because they're probably never even heard of that term. But you'll quickly realize that, yes, the net's six feet wide, but yes, it's not really that far to ever reach something, even if you're a small goalie in the middle of the net. And now, are you playing on the goal line at all the time? All, are you playing on the goal line the whole time? If you're not, yeah. the net is, the net's actually not six four. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, it's, it's, it really isn't what it is, right? It's a, yeah, the, literally the only time the net appears that way is if you're standing on your goal line and the puck is far away, right? Directly in the middle. Yeah. So, anyways, the point being is that, yeah, I'm, I wish, I wish we would move away from short goalie bad, not because I think we need more smaller goalies that are going to make the NHL, just that I think the narrative around it is unproductive. And I also, on the other end of the spectrum, am really tired of, of tall goalie big or tall big goalie good. Um, tall goalie is big. <laughs> A tall goalie's large, yes. And again, shout out my other junior goalie who is six foot six. Um, and it's great that he's six foot six. He moves really well for a six foot six guy. Uh, but it's also not automatic, right? Like, and yeah. it's funny enough, also working with him on making sure he plays deeper too, right? Because there's been a narrative for him about getting out and taking away the net. And it's like, whoa, let's pump the brakes on that I know. a little bit. That's why I'm excited to like work with younger goalies because I can like, I can be like, I can explain these things as the first time they're ever hearing them. Yeah. Rather than having to be like, well, my other goalie coach says I need to be a heels in the heels in the white. And like, well, yeah, but I'm also beating you every time backdoor because you can't get there. So maybe, just maybe, we adjust our depth depending on the play in front of us. Let's be both bold here. I don't know, hot take. Um, do I have another oh, I do have another yeah, another thing that I hope disappears. I hope the discord around laces versus bungees goes away. Oh. We did talk about this on a podcast. And then again, like we use science. We we started, we use the science. Uh, essentially, it really absolutely doesn't matter. It's whatever you are the most comfortable with. Um, the fact that if you say bungees add more torque to your ankles versus the skate lace, one, uh, okay, prove it. Yeah. And two, it doesn't, even if like when Ben and I tried or Ben did, the, I've actually mostly Ben, just like actually looked in some of the force vectors and stuff around it was negligible to no difference. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it actually doesn't matter. So you do whatever you want. Also, like I've seen goal, like few, I've seen goalies on so like take this so, so literally because you'll have like goalie influencers be like, you gotta have 17 knots in your <laughs> legs. If you don't have a full fist between your boot and your skate, you're, you're not going to be able to play. And now I see some goalies, their pads are just dragging on the, it actually hurts their skating ability because their pad is just yeah. so loose. And uh, they have no, like no like ability to react with the boot or anything. Um, I hope that dies and never comes back and everyone just is okay with it being like, it's just, I don't know. I like bungees. I like laces. Cool. End of story. Yeah, we talked, 
Yeah, we talked about this in another episode too. So if you want the breakdown behind some of the size, fine quality equipment research, you can go check. I think the, I think we titled that one "Is Your Equipment Hurting?" Yeah, and you should go back to this one. I really like that one. It touches on some really cool research by uh, Ryan Frain, who's a very smart goalie person. But there's yeah, the the discourse around that is dumb. I always I think I said in the episode too. I relate it back to the same thing that we know about running shoe research, which is that if you're a professional goalie, the number one thing you should care about is performance. So the number one thing you should care about. That's the same thing with professional marathon runners. Their shoes might hurt them for all 26 miles, but if it gives them an extra minute off their time, they're going to use the shoe that hurt them. Or also, I should say. like a lot of, I don't know, I got really blurry all of a sudden. Um, also, a lot of mar- like marathon shoes, like professional, like high level Olympic marathon shoes are only good, one second, are only good for one race. Yeah. Right, so spend five hundred dollars on a pair of shoes after one race, but like again, if you're an Olympic quality athlete, you, what's that? What is it? Goldman's paradox? I don't know. I don't know, man. But like, let me see if I can find it without slowing down um, the flow of the show. Well, I'll talk. We'll use Google here, right? Because I mean, I think like the basic idea is like you gotta for for goalies, there has to be a mix of comfort and performance, and it should not matter what anyone else says unless what your equipment choice is doing is hindering your performance. And an example yeah. of that is goalies who wear their pads too tight. That's probably the one thing that I'll say is, especially a lot of younger goalies wear their gear too tight. Um, your ankle needs to move freely in your pad. That's just the way modern goaltending works. If you're a person who's, back to our first topic, using an RVA and using it at the right time, if you don't have enough gap between your pad and your, your toe, you just won't be able to toe, like pad seal the post. And so your equipment's slowing you down. But it doesn't matter if you're using bungees. It doesn't matter if you're using toe tie. It doesn't matter if you're one of the younger goalies who use that, that little bungee hook thing that I actually don't really like at all. But oh, I do not like that. As long, yeah, I don't like them either. But uh, as long as you, you feel comfortable and it allows you to perform the way that you want to perform, that is what matters. It does not matter what any Instagram influencer, like Jamie, has to say. I am. I am. You should always take what I say with a grain of salt, except for most of the time because I'm usually <laughs> right. Uh, because a lot of the things I say are an opinion. They're just like usually science and math. Uh, and then when I say it's an opinion, I made it, but it's, it's Goldman's dilemma, not Goodman's paradox. Goodman's paradox is from the apparently strong evidence that all emeralds examined thus far have been either green <laughs> or may not to conclude that all future emeralds will be green. So not of that, something to do with induction, but Goldman's paradox or Goldman's dilemma, excuse me, is that, um, basically he asked a bunch of athletes if there was a drug they could take that would guarantee overwhelming success in the sport, but it would take five years off their life. Whether they die after five years, would they take it? And like the vast majority of like Olympic level and professional level athletes said they would take it. Now, that just goes to show that like when you are at that level, the mindset is a very different, it's a very different mindset than you take when yeah. you're going, you know, you're a younger athlete or you're trying to, to, to get to that level. And so, you know, if you're going to run and, and you're an Olympian and your feet are going to f- basically fall off after the course of running a marathon, people are willing to sacrifice that. Yeah. So I agree. I, I think we should have less silly, like fear mongering equipment stuff and more positive recommend- recommendations for people to try stuff that might help them do things. Right. Like imagine if the recommendation was just like, hey, bungees might be able to help you exit your post from an RVH easier. 
instead of laces. I have no idea if that's true either. We can test it. Like that's literally testable with science. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that is what it would, conversation. It would be. I think I thought I was going to guess. The only thing it depends is like how much tensile give there is in like a wax lace, right? Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. How much stored energy, Jimmy, potential energy, right? Yeah, it would be potential energy. Thing. Or elastic um, energy. Sorry, sorry. For well, it would be potential versus elastic in both. But anyways, yeah. As that's not four point oh college physics, whatever. My grind my gears one this is a problem that i kind of had and i didn't actually solve it until yesterday but it cost me money to solve it which sucks is um i think we should do away with gopros and i'm going to say this and hopefully gopro reaches out to me and says hey you're wrong <laughs> and sends me a bunch of stuff but um so i've been having a ton of problem with gopro and also might be because SanDisk, who makes memory sticks, is also being sued for like basically just having like trash memory sticks. Uh, but by GoPro, recording consistency is very poor. Like it doesn't record, doesn't save quite a bit. Um, and then it's it saves in separate, like multiple files instead of one long file. And on it. That is annoying as someone who needs to put like all these clips together. So what did I do? I went on the internet and I bought a couple used old iPhones and we are now, I'm now using multiple iPhones instead of GoPros. Um, so shout out iPhone seven, um, because wow. I could airdrop everything to my computer. I don't have to upload it with these stupid wires. <laughs> which means I have to carry around less things. And it also comes across in one file footage and say what you want about Apple. But when it comes to video stuff, they're very consistent in its quality. And as long as I charge my phone, I have I don't have an issue. So I hope, uh, I hope GoPros are on the out note. I'll be honest. And I, you know what? And someone's going to be like, well, what about behind the net? And you put it on with a sticker as the suction cuff thing. Well, I bought one of them for my iPhone. And it's one of the ones you put on your car and I use it. And so, and so this segment is potentially brought to you by Apple or GoPro. Reach out to us. Uh, now back. I will to actually Apple. much prefer, I actually much prefer Apple sponsor us. Um, because uh, everything I own is Apple, but, and I'm not yeah. as extreme sport, but yeah, that is a, that is, it is a, a nuisance that all the files in a, a GoPro come across in separate. If you record an hour-long session, you have five different file forms. It's done. Why? Jamie, make sure you edit this part out when we get when we get the show uploaded. Moving on. No. <laughs> no. Final segment. Final thing that I want to talk about, Jamie. Uh, something that we've already kind of alluded to. Um, but my gripe is... My gripe that I would wish would change, I wish the discourse would improve, is the conversation we talked about before about depth and goal tending. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. Listen to people talk about the goalies need to be more aggressive. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm, I'm, I thought, I did think in the year 2023, we'd be past the conversation of people saying that goalie needs to be more aggressive. But I think it stems from the 90s and it, it just is here to stay. It's permanently. Goalies need to be more aggressive. Than the rest. As long as you have people who are not goalies, 
announcing and talking about goalies and needing to say something about goalies that always exists. But you know, they say like, if you think like, could you imagine like Kevin Weeks on the, like a Sportsnet panel or NHL panel and having to explain to everyone why depth isn't important? No one, everyone would just turn their TV off. So I was thinking about this a little bit earlier this week and take with a bit of a grain of salt. Like don't, you know, it's not a very literal thought, but it's pretty close to being literal. But very, 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 very early in my entire playing career, my entire coaching career, have I been like, wow, I, I that puck wouldn't have gone in had I been out another foot from my net. I don't think I've ever thought about a goal that way. Or at least very, very, very yeah. I don't because, think so because there's other parts where it, really would, it still would have gone in usually. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like, unless you're sitting, you know, both pads in the net and there's a person in the middle of the slot and you stood in your goal line and then the person put it like one inch beside your shoulder, which would have just hit you if you were out more. But there's just very, very few situations where like a goal isn't solely goes in or is directly gone in because of a depth, a too deep situation. And this is not, again, this is not the argument to play in your goal line and saying the million. It's not what we're saying. But very rarely... Is that situation again? There's a goal going in because the goalie's too deep. It's normally they've mismanaged their gap. Normally, it's they're too aggressive most of the time, mm. right? So I'm just I'm curious on your thoughts. Like, do you think there's like, and do you think well, I, I think that's going to change? Well, I, you, you know, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to obviously agree with you. Uh, I don't think it's going to change. Uh, it's just a, it's an easy out. It's just like the rebound control, which was all last episode. Uh, it's an easy out for like commentators and stuff to say like, oh, come and cut down the angle. Or if you're just like, if you're, you know, if you're like an eight-year-old goalie and you don't actually have a goalie coach on your team, like your head coach is also your pseudo goalie coach. They don't know anything about goaltending and they'll be like, oh, just come and cut down the angle. So that's what I've heard. So I, I don't think that's ever really going to change, not unless everyone listening likes, subscribes, and shares this podcast uh, <laughs> to, to the entire hockey community. Um, I don't think that's going to change. Uh, my last gripe is customizing your stick doesn't matter again yeah it doesn't matter it's it's not going to improve your ability to make saves it might feel more comfortable so i'll give you that find it if you really want to chop and hack away at your stick go ahead but it's not going to make anything better when it comes to like, saves it will make you may make you feel a little more comfortable it also might cost you 300 dollars because you ruined a stick Right. What are your thoughts? Have you seen these? I just recently started seeing them more and more. Like this, like foam or rubber block that sticks out from a paddle about an inch. Oh, paddle block. Paddle. Yeah, I... Or paddle wedge. That's literal name. But it is too. Well, I don't know. Wedge and paddle block. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, paddle block sent me some. I like them. I like them in practice. I put them on my practice stick. I'm a big fan. What does it do? What do why it, am I... Why do I not... It prevents the puck from ramping up your stick and like squishing your finger on that one. So it happens maybe once every couple skates, but on the one time it does happen, it is like really nice to have. Um, so, so shout out to the the paddle shout block. Shout out paddle block. Shout out paddle block because, yeah, uh, I I I'm a big fan of that for like practice sticks because I did not like getting my finger squished like that. No, it feels terrible, especially because you already feel a little bit sad that you rack a puck and up instead of like, <laughs> you're already disappointed in yourself. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, on top. It's like, it's so funny. I was on the ice today. 
were doing just like a, a warm up, just movement tracking drill, just some like five full stick save stuff. And a person just full ramped the puck right into their own cage. And like, we've all been there. We've all done it where we've ramped the puck along the ice directly into your own face. And that is one of the worst feelings. Because first of all, you just hear yourself in the face. And second of all, you made a bad stick save. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, to finish up, we'll do a couple rapid fire back and forth. Things that just generally grind our gears could be hockey, goalie-wise or otherwise, but we have no explanation. We just have to say what it is, and we'll say three each, and then we'll uh, and then we'll come back at the end. All right, so bad. Just give me something that grinds your gears. Goalies who are exceptional down skaters, so really, really good moving around in a butterfly, but cannot keep. Um. Goalies who refuse to change their stance, even though it is obviously a detriment to their game. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, I know we're not allowed to talk about it, but I'm going to steal one, which is in the exact same vein. Uh, I think we are too liberal. This is maybe play. I'm not going to add more, but I think we allow goalies to hold their glove too many different ways. I think there is, in fact, like one or two ways that are better to catch puck glove. It's test the bolts, but I'm that. That I might be an episode in itself. That might be an episode in itself. Okay, what um, part of that one? Later? Okay, trying to think. I had, I had, a, I trying to think. Um, goalies just refusing to lift weights, ha- like lift weights. Yeah, and get stronger. Also in season. I know you're going to say in season. I agree. Both in season and out of season. Both in season and out of season. Is it is that Ryan Miller's fault? Is that because there was like not his fault, but the media's fault when they were like Ryan Miller only weighs 150 pounds, and now it's just like been a thing that goalies. I actually, I actually know, <laughs> I actually I know whose fault it is. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that because <laughs> pretty sure I'm blocked. That's why. Yeah, you know but exactly what I'm talking. Yeah, of course I know exactly what it is. Uh, Jamie, last one, and this is my hottest take. I think of the day. I think goalies' ability to play the puck is so overrated and unnecessary. I don't think we need to, like, I think you need to be competent, but I do not think it is a separator or divider in goaltending at all. In there, we should do this all the time because these are good podcasts. We're sort of safe. We're, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to, I guess we're not going to expand upon it because these are good, uh, these are good podcast episodes in themselves. And I'm going to finish this off with my biggest pet peeve is. People not being subscribed to my page. <laughs> wow, there it is. I'm finally, what a, no, what because a, I, I was just thinking because I'm I'm looking at your stick in the background. As we're watching on YouTube. We both put sticks in the back of our our, our rooms because my room is very. Uh, also, you know what? If you're watching on YouTube, appreciate this. I live in this old Victorian house because I rent a, one of nine rooms from a couple of really nice old ladies, and um. I really kind of wish I had a cool podcast studio like everyone else on the internet, uh, but they're expensive. And you, because we need to be get there. My, essentially, my goal would be to rent a two-bedroom place, and I live in one of the bedrooms, and I put an office in the other. But let's not get in this economy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, let's not get carried away. Let's yeah, not get that's actually my final. <laughs> my final thing, my biggest complaint from our last kitchen two weeks doing this is that I am not on Jamie's payroll and I just can't get on it until you subscribe to his Patreon. So this is your opportunity. This is your chance to go check out Jamie's Patreon. He does a lot of really, really good content that you don't get to see on his social media pages. Things yeah, like, like practice breakdowns, game breakdowns, uh, group meetings and video sessions. So 
Um, I am a shill. I'm a Jamie Phillips sellout, but I think he is one of the best science and goalie communicators out there. And I'm happy to be able to do this with him every week, even though he forgets that we're supposed to do it. I, I appreciate that, Ben. I don't forget. I just don't text you sometimes. Um, you know what? Thanks for everyone for, in all seriousness, thank you everyone for listening, watching, um, over the course of this past year, this is only year one. And hopefully this is just goes on forever. Cause I can't see it stopping. Uh, it will only stop when we stop coaching and I don't ever think I'll ever stop coaching. Um, I really enjoyed all of this. I meet a lot of people who say they listen to the podcast it all over all over the world, which is like really, really cool. Um, so thank you. Thank you guys very much from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of Ben's, who's like the Grinch, two sizes, too small. Um, what the thanks, thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, comment. Honestly, sharing and just like sharing, talking about it. And, you know, if you're a parent, and you have a co head coach who doesn't get goaltending, tell us in the pod because we kind of also hope they listen to the pod so that you can advance goaltending as a whole. Yeah. And if you're an organization listening and you want to have us put on a goaltending development clinic for coaches and organizations, we do those. Um, you can reach out to us. Our emails and our content information are always available in the show links. Absolutely. All right, Ben. Well, you know what? Ah, I should have wished we got, you know, and more people subscribe to Patreon. I could have got a cake. And we could have supplemented <laughs> with like a lot of like balloons in the background, but you know, like the, uh, you know the streamer guns where they're like the streamers <laughs> of the. I was kind of hoping I could have dropped those, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I didn't. I was on the ice earlier this morning, so I I, I was playing. I was working all morning. I do video breakdown. I do a lot of team video breakdowns, including some pro teams, my my EGM goalies, and then a couple of junior teams. And I coached this afternoon, so I did not have time. But Ben. It's been a fun year. We're looking forward to this next uh, this next year because we're season starts soon, and that's going to give us even more stuff to talk about. Oh, I'm excited, Jimmy. But for now, until next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 